تسلیما When we get up and we think of it, no heart would have not turned towards Allah Ta'ala. Every heart at that time would have been making one dua, Allah grant victory to the Mujahideen in Gaza. Remember friends, the Qur'an is haqq. And Allah Ta'ala says in the Qur'an, Nasrum min Allahi wa fathun qari. The help of Allah, that is the first thing we need to learn how to draw. Then wa fathun 
then victory is close. Victory is so close, but possibly and probably we are in a hurry. Remember the incident of that Sahabi, Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam is reclining against the Kaaba and he says to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, would you not ask Allah Ta'ala to assist us? This persecution upon persecution. Take your minds back, internalize this. At the very beginning of Islam, Bilal radiallahu ta'ala who is being dragged on the hot sands, some Sahaba are being whipped, others are in solitary confinement, others are being choked, some are being scoffed at. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the Banu Hashim are boycotted. There seems to be no light at the end of the tunnel. That is what prompted the Sahabi to ask Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ya Rasulullah, are you not going to make dua that Allah grants us victory? Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to the Sahabi, you are in a hurry. When Allah's victory comes, that victory will be complete and total that a traveler will travel from Sana'a to Hazrimaut, that's in Yemen, with total peace, without any threat to his property or to his life. And we had seen that towards the latter part of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam's life, going into the Khilafat of the four Khulafai Rashidin. Friends, each one of us will agree that the lover wants to be by the beloved. If you love someone, you would want to be continuously in the company of that person. And such is the aspiration of a mujahid. Their aspiration will be that of martyrdom. As we sit in this masjid, we need to make this paradigm shift to realize and understand what is the yearning of a martyr. What is the yearning of a mujahid? Anas ibn Nadar radiallahu ta'ala anhu who was the uncle of the famous sahabi Anas ibn Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Anas ibn Malik narrates that my uncle was absent from the battle of Badr. Battle of Badr, if I may use the term, was ad hoc. Those that were ready moved. Those that were not there were not able to join. So he missed Badr and he said to Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when you meet the Quraysh, the Mushrikeen once again, I will be there, I will give my life. Uhud takes place, the change in the events of the battlefield, we know the history, we won't go into it. He meets Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, and he asks Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, what is happening, confusion. They said the rumor of the shahada, of Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wasallam has reached us. Anas ibn Nadar begins to move into the line of the enemies. Sa'ad ibn Mu'adh radiallahu ta'ala anhu meets him and Sa'ad ibn Mu'adh radiallahu ta'ala anhu narrates that Anas ibn Nadar, his heart is turned towards Allah and he's saying, Oh Allah, I absolve myself from what the Quraysh have done and Allah accept my apology with regards to the condition of the believers, the condition of the Muslims. Sayyidina Saad asked him, Anas, where are you going? He said, I can smell the fragrance of Jannah coming from Uhud. Brothers, he went in, he became a shaheed. Eighty wounds plus were on his body, and his body was totally mutilated. No one could recognize this body. They could see a martyr lying, but they could not recognize who this martyr was. Not from his face, not from his physical structure, in no way whatsoever. His sister comes and from some sign on the finger of Sayyidina Anas ibn Nadar, she said, this is my brother. Brothers, 
That is the desire of martyrdom. To understand this very quickly, we know about the flotilla from Turkey that tried to break the siege of Gaza. And it was attacked very cowardly by the Israeli navy. Nine people became shaheed. They were delivering humanitarian aid. The balance were imprisoned. Negotiations, the prisoners were released. Among them was one prisoner, a person by the name of Ismail Adam Patel. Many of us may know this personality. If we don't Google him, understand the conflict. He says that he had come now to Turkey after the freedom, after they were released. And a huge crowd had converged in Istanbul airport. And lo and behold, he said, every person I met sympathized with me. And he, they said, I am very, very sorry. Allah didn't accept you for martyr. Brothers, where are we? Where are we? Ismail Bai says, when I reached UK after Turkey, on my way back, I went home. My family, my friends, my people, their narrative was different. Alhamdulillah, Allah saved. Can we understand? We need this paradigm shift when it comes to these matters of jihad fi sabilillah and fighting in the path of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. Nonetheless, more important to us is to see the conqueror of Al-Aqsa. Salahuddin Ayyubi rahimahumullah. What was it? What were his principles, what was his character that brought about that re revolution in the Islamic hukumat? Understand on the, one, on the one hand, we had the crusaders. Now we know Pope Urban II had given the decree of holy war against the Muslims. And that was actually motivated more by poverty-stricken Europe at that particular time. They needed to feed themselves on someone. And they found the easiest targets to be Muslims. But besides Muslims, they kill Jews, they kill others. Now such were the heinous crimes that they had committed. That when they came to a place called Marra, the people of Marra fought them, but they overcame the Muslims. They mutilated the bodies of the children. Does this not sound familiar? But worse than that, they cooked and they boiled the limbs of the Muslim children and they ate the meat. Can we find cannibals, animals worse than that? Now the only reason why I'm saying this is for us to understand what Salahuddin Ayyubi rahimahumullah was up against. The crusaders were very proud about two things. That they had killed 70,000 Muslims and the other that their horses, the blood of the Muslims had reached the knees and the reins of their horses in Al-Aqsa. That is the pride of those people. More than that, amongst them one of the leaders had attempted to exhume the Mubarak body of our Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa And in order to do that, he had to occupy the Haramain Sharifain. When Salahuddin Ayyubi rahimahumullah had come to know about that, he intercepted whatever happened, happened. And he made sure that the Mubarak body of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam remained untouched. If we think that there is a crisis now, and yes there is, but the crisis of those days were none the easier. 88 years, not one sajda was performed in Masjidul Aqsa. Now coming back to Salahuddin Ayyubi rahimahumullah, understand that leadership, and he came to the helm of the Muslims, not something that was given to him on a golden platter. Politically, 
we had the Seljuks, we had the Abbasis, we had the Fatimis, we had different dynasties. And each dynasty was happy and pleased with what they had. There was opulence, there was sufficient wealth, there was luxury amongst the people. And again brothers, as we are speaking, reflect, does the cap fit us? Are we not in that opulence, in that luxury, caring nothing about the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam? When these strikes happen, then we will turn our hearts towards Allah. And when everything seems to be normal, we forget about the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. May Allah make us the real ummatis of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So that was the political landscape. There was a disjoint in the ummah. Secondly, from a spiritual sectarian point of view, you had the Shias. You had the Sunnis, you had the Mu'tazila, some of us have, haven't even heard who the Mu'tazilas are nonetheless. They were people of different mindset, people of different aqaid. And Allah brought him to the helm of Egypt at the age of 20. Where were we when we were 20? Where are our youth at the age of 20? But when he became and he took over the reign of Egypt, not something that he aspired Something that Allah had bestowed upon him. He knew he was a great warrior. And this is the picture that the world paints about him. He was a great warrior, a great strategist. Many Muslims make that claim and it is true. But what was the underlying factors with regards to the victory of Salahuddin Ayyubi rahimahumullah? From the age of 20 till the age of 33 for 13 years. Although he could have tried to liberate Al-Aqsa. In the 13 years, he knew it was premature. Why? Number one. And this was the first principle that he applied. That the Ummah is disunited. There is a disconnection between the various dynasties of this Ummah. And the very first thing that Salahuddin Ayyubi, and this was the first foundational principle that he had brought into being, was to create unity in the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. We'll agree that unity has to be in the tawheed and the oneness of Allah, in the nubuwat and the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, based on Quran and hadith. And this is what he had done in the midst of the ayats of the battle of Badr. When Allah Ta'ala gives out the recipes for victory, amongst those ayat, Allah Ta'ala says, وَأَطِيعُوا اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ وَلَا تَنَازَعُوا فَتَفْشَلُوا وَتَذْهَبَ رِيحُكُمْ وَاصْبِرُوا Obey Allah, obey His Rasul. Do not create dissension, disunity amongst yourselves. If you do, then your strength and your courage will be lost. Brothers, we can relate to all of this. In our family structures, we have dissension and disunity. In our community structures, we have dissension and disunity. And yes, we will speak about the Middle East and the Arabs. And what we say is true. But let us look into the mirror of what we say with regards to our own lives. We need to bring that unity back home. We need to start from grassroots levels. And then we will see the difference in the ummah of Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We cannot possibly change the world. We can change ourselves. Adil was a scribe of Salahuddin Ayyubi rahimahumullah. As a matter of fact, he spoke very highly of Adil, we don't have the time. Once Salahuddin Ayyubi rahimahumullah was in his tent, 
And also this is something remarkable. Where did he live? He had no address. He had no home. He was a person on the move in the path of Allah Ta'ala. And hence, when he goes to the tent, Adil himself says, Salahuddin Ayyubi was crying like a baby. And I asked him, what makes those tears roll down your cheeks and your beard so wet? That now it drips on your clothing. Did we ever cry like that? He's holding his sword up in the air. And he says, Adil, my cry is that the sword of the Muslims were used among themselves, not against the crusaders. Brothers, draw the comparisons. Where are we? Where are we? Nonetheless, that was the first principle of Salahuddin Ayyubi rahimahumullah, that he delayed the siege on Al-Aqsa by 13 years to create unity in the ummah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The second aspect was foundational in so far as elementary Islamic knowledge was concerned. What we will call madrasas and makatib, they called it nizamis in those days, nizamia. When you go to Turkey also you'll see this word nizamia. And he began to create the awareness and he opened and initiated these nizamias in every village, in every town, in every city. And paramount, the most important subject was the subject of Tawheed, the subject of the oneness of Allah because he realized that the people have turned away from Allah. Now again, where am I? Where do my children go to? What kind of institutions do they attend? Is madrasa a priority? Albeit two or two and a half hours in a day. But I find everything else more important for my child with regards to extracurricular activities, sporting activities, the number of letters asked those that are involved in the work of madrasa. The number of excuses that parents will make why the children cannot go to madrasa. Friends, there are two things that we need to do. We don't need to open any more madrasas. We need to send our children to these madrasas. And we need to create that environment of iman in our homes. We need to speak about it. So these were two fundamental principles. And of course... His love for jihad fi sabilillah. To go out in the path of Allah Ta'ala. And then the fourth principle was obviously his determination to liberate Al-Aqsa. Before the liberation of Al-Aqsa, many, many of those who are around him have narrated that Salahuddin Ayyubi never smiled. Leave alone a love. And when some would pluck up the courage to ask Salahuddin Ayyubi rahimahumullah, that why do you not smile, you do not laugh? He said, how can I even smile when Al-Aqsa is not liberated? This was his day and night fikr. And hence my statement before, that when the crisis, the incursions take place, the attacks and the genocides, as an ummah, we feel it, we become emotional. And no sooner does everything become calm, we have forgotten about Al-Aqsa. Brothers, look at the history of Salahuddin Ayyubi. It is amazing that that man had not gone to the Haramain Sharifain for Hajj. His preoccupation in Al-Aqsa was such that he could not move from the region to even perform his Hajj. And of course, Allah Ta'ala took him at the time when Allah Ta'ala had taken him. So those are the four principles of Salahuddin Ayyubi rahimahumullah. If I can just speak about very quickly the personality, the characteristics of this person. Number one, that we should think about Salahuddin Ayyubi rahimahumullah, 
as a man of Allah, a man that engaged his nights after nights in dua, sometimes from Isha right up to Fajr, Salahuddin Ayyubi rahimahumullah will engage in dua, of course to Allah wa ta'ala. The second aspect was that he surrounded himself with ulama and learned scholars and qurra reciters of the Quran. He had such deep love for the words of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that as soon as somebody will say, Qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this man will sit and with great respect listen to the words of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And of course, Salahuddin Ayyubi's love for the Quran was such that in the last three days, of his life when he became so sick. He called the Qurra, he called the people to recite Quran around him and he could not recite anymore. And the manner in which he left this world, the Qari is reciting Surah At-Tawbah. And he comes to the end of Surah At-Tawbah. لَقَدْ جَاءَكُمْ رَسُولٌ مِّنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ عَزِيزٌ عَلَيْهِ مَا عَنِدْتُمْ حَرِيسٌ عَلَيْكُمْ بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ رَؤُوفٌ رَحِيمٌ فَإِن تَوَلَّوْا فَإِن تَوَلَّوْا If they turn away, فَقُلْ حَسْبِيَ اللَّهُ لَا إِلَٰهَ إِلَّا هُوَ لَا إِلَٰهَ إِلَّا هُوَ is being recited. He lifts his hands and he leaves this world in that condition. Brothers, he was at the helm of the Muslim empire. He was eligible for much of the ghanima, the spoils of war. But guess what? He did not have left, he did not leave that amount in his estate that was sufficient for his own kafir. You know, the poet says, مَا مَنْ تَسَرَ صَلَاحُ الدِّينِ إِلَّا بِصَلَاحِ الدِّينِ وَلَيَّعُودَ صَلَاحُ الدِّينِ إِلَّا بِصَلَاحِ الدِّينِ What's the meaning of salah? Salah din the reformation of deen. So the poet says, Salahuddin did not get victory, but by the reformation of his own deen. And for us that are waiting for Salahuddin to be born, وَلَيَّعُودَ صَلَاحُ الدِّينِ No Salahuddin will return, إِلَّا بِصَلَاحِ الدِّينِ until we ourselves put our lives right. Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala accept the blood and the shahada of each and every shaheed. Allah Ta'ala grant sabr to their families. Allah Ta'ala change the conditions of Gaza, Palestine and the whole ummah of our Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah Ta'ala shower his nusrat, Allah's help and may fatah. May victory come very, very soon. Brothers and friends, we continue to engage in dua and we should be doing that with great fervor and never ever forget the plight of the ummah of our Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam.